You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. It's been a it's been a hot minute. It has been a, a yeah decently long time. Yeah. Well, we went to Dragon Con, yep. which is what made us essentially not be able to do like anything yeah. for the month of August. A that and B our um, editor does a ridiculous amount yep. of stuff at Dragon Con. So yeah. Uh, so we were all very fucking busy. Yeah. It's been a long, long time. So yeah. we went on a brief hiatus. Yep. But it's fucking spooky season, so, so we're, we're going to be back, back for that. Yeah. We are fucking back for mm-hmm. that. All that good stuff. So yeah, Dragon Con was so much fun. Dragon Con was a fucking blast. It was so so nice fun. to see all, um, not all, but like a, a, a good chunk, chunk of, of our people. friends that yeah, we haven't that we seen had in a really long time that we really missed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to put Luna down. She had a hard time at the end, but you know. She was she was old. She yeah. had a good life. She was so. sixteen. So, and we are now fostering a new one-eyed cat named Grayson, who I didn't name him. So, first of all, I didn't name Luna Luna, and secondly, I didn't name Grayson Grayson, but I did change the E to an O. It's obviously. true, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> but he is a large one-eyed gray and, and white. white with a pink nose. He's a know. cutie yeah. booty. We have two dumb, dumb boys, yeah. dumb sirs. We basically get Himboville as far yeah. as the cuts go. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I think it's going to work out well. Yeah. yeah. He seems very curious and kind of excited as far as meeting Ransom. Yeah. Was. And I gave him something to smell of Ransom's today. He smelled it and then was like, bitch, I've been sleeping in Ransom's spot for like since I got here. So <laughs> do you think this so. is new to me? I did a little bit of that like this is a new and interesting and potentially smelly smell <laughs> face, which is my favorite. But I also did that with some like boots of yeah. mine. So, you know. Um, and then we're at um, <laughs> you're at a we're at a Papu's house. So if you hear random tippy taps, tippy taps, or random, he go he has a doggy door, so he goes in and out. So there might be some weird noises that you might hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the background. So but it's just a puppy. So just yeah. imagine yeah. a really cute, like little, little, little man. man puppy. Um, yeah. So that's that. I don't think there's anything else to go over. We'll say, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. So what happens are we on seventy seventy five? Oh, right. Also, so I know we've been hyping uh, our rant. Yeah, but we decided. Be- but it took us too long. Yeah, it took and us we too want long. spooky season. We want spooky season. And also, I don't think either of us is in the mood to be like, I want to be angry about yeah. this. We want to be hyped about this yeah. right now. So. Um, yeah, so we're going to do it probably to kick off the new year, because who doesn't want to kick off the new year with an angry rant? I mean, to be fair, it would be nice for me to focus my like New Year's anxiety on something that I'm <laughs> furious about. <laughs> so... There's that. So that'll that's when that'll be coming whenever whatever episode it's gonna be is whatever episode yeah. it's gonna be. But it will be for it'll be our first episode of two thousand twenty-three. Yeah. Um until then. So we've we've warned you. Yeah. Cause I mean I feel like at least for me here on out it's just spooky season and then maybe 
with how slow we're going, probably not one random episode in between. Yeah. And then it's just Christmas season. <laughs> so let's get started. Mm-hmm. Were we on episode 75? 75, yeah. That means I go first, right? It does. All right. Let's see if I remember how to do this. <sighs> I'm Brittany Vitrino. I'm Martha Bartlett. And this is But, but first, first, Let's Talk. <laughs> <laughs> you have to keep talking, Martha. We say that together. <laughs> I have my hand under there. No, All right. Off. Let's try this again. <laughs> we don't remember. Well, I think I remember how to do it. Shockingly, Martha doesn't know I how to do it. I remember the wrong way, but for a snap. And I'm like, oh, no. That's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> watching you not do it and then immediately judge me. I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> I remembered the wrong thing. <laughs> remembered all the wrong times you did it. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> I'm Brittany Vitrino. I'm Martha Bartlett. And this is But First, Let's Talk Nerdy. Clink! Oh yeah, it's a clunk. <laughs> These are big boys. Yeah, we, we got some big truly beats. wildberry big boys. Mm-hmm. So, spoopy season. Here we go. So my topic today Mm -hmm. is going to be all about different uh, spoopy games that you should never play (laughs) during the... Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. I was so afraid of a lot of these when I was little because I was afraid of a lot of things. Mostly dolls. Yes. But yeah, so yeah. I try to find ones that weren't like the ones that everybody knows. Um, uh, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, yeah, Bloody things Mary. like that, yeah. shit like that. Okay. Uh, I didn't want to like fuck up your yeah, thing if yeah, you did no, do yeah, that. Didn't do that. Yeah. No, so um, Bloody Mary scared the idea of Bloody Mary scared the fuck out of me because anything appearing in your mirror that wasn't there because of a horror movie. Yeah. Yep. Um, so my main source because it's actually hard to find some of these because mm-hmm. they're so like abstract was TikTok. Fine. That's fine. Yep. Actually, so I watched a whole bunch of videos. came because I saw one TikTok and was like, oh, I forgot about this thing that existed and it should have been on my topic list so long ago. Yep. Now I'm here. Yep. Let me see what you, I meant to write him down. He's right here. Oh. His TikTok name is uh, he's so swag. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> but he goes through and he does a lot of different creepy things and he has a whole section that is just of, of, spooky, of games. spooky games that um, so you swag. play. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Okay. I'm just going to go through. They're all, a lot of them are really quick. We're just going to go through them and then I'm going to ask you if you would play them Oh my not. god. Okay. And then I'll tell you if I play them or not. Firstly, can you ask me as now, but also ask me as a 10-year-old. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, the first one is called Looky Looky. 10-year-old me is already nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's a one-player game. You need um, a candle that will burn for six hours, uh, matches or a lighter, mm-hmm. white paint, and then some kind of applicator for said white paint. Um, some roller, kind of, a yeah, yeah, roller or like I'm a paintbrush. Gonna, yeah, no, I'm bringing a long roller. You're going to struggle with the roller with what we have to do with it. I know. <laughs> um, some form of a timekeeping device, so a watch or, you know, I guess your phone, but you don't really want to have a lot of light. And then you will need to be playing inside and you need to have at least one windowless room. So whether it's a closet or a bathroom yeah. or anything like that. Yep. Okay, so most of these are all in the dark. Yeah, so... Okay, so um, how you play. So it has to be played at night, 
And the first thing you have to do is make note of every window in your location. So if you're in your house, I always do because my mom was so like fire escapes. Yeah. So every single window, no matter how small or big, whether it opens or not, like some does that include vents? I mean, no, no, not in this game. Cool. Some of them do like every single crack kind of thing. Like, but yeah, not this one. This is specifically windows. Doors are fine. It's unless the door has a window in it. Like our door wouldn't was fine, but like our the people. I don't think a peephole is a window. Okay, I guess that's true. Yeah, I'm just curious about how. Yeah, see, here we go. You're gonna. What? Sometimes I was like, "What are the actual?" And you can't do that because they're fake, stupid games. Yes. So, <laughs> so you have to find every single window, and you have to make sure you are positive that you've located every single window. And now you're going to take your white paint and your paintbrush, or in your case, your roller, because you made a bad choice. <laughs> It's not a long thing, too. (laughs) And you're going to paint an eye on all of the windows. (laughs) Now, you don't need to paint it on, like, I told you you made a bad choice. (laughs) Poor choice. (laughs) I was like, the long one. It's going to be the longest I've ever drawn. I've drawn so many eyeball diagrams. You know, so so you have to now paint it on every window in the house, and it doesn't have to be on like the separate planes. Cool. Planes. That was also yep. <laughs> <laughs> They're on different planes. They existence. are. They, they definitely are in this game. They I was going to say. I assume. I assume that's going to um, come into. But you have to make sure there's at least one on every window. Cool. It's not 100% clear exactly what the purpose is. Some say that it's to stop something coming from in your home. And if you, like, don't have the eyeballs on, it will just easily be able to break into your house. Like an evil eye thing. Yep. And then some say it will also hinder the sight of something that's what we're summoning. Mm -hmm. Um, So he can't see you as easy. Yeah. So we're summoning clear, you know. Burps. I mean, candles, so, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Yep. So now that we have painted our sloppy eyeballs with <laughs> our fucking <laughs> roller on an extended <laughs> handle. I'm six feet away from everything I paint. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to gather our candle and our lighter and our Apple watch that we are wearing. And we're going to go into the windowless room in our house. Or apartment, or wherever you're playing this game. <laughs> it's gonna be an episode, everyone. Martha's having a day. I'm gonna have so many cuts. This sucks. They're all me. <laughs> so you go into your room, and you are going to just keep an eye on time, and then exactly at midnight, no sooner or no later, you're gonna light your candle. And once your candle's lit, you're gonna say out loud three times. Looky, looky, come and see. Looky, looky, you won't find me. Okay. And now you're going to wait after you say it three times. Now, if you do it correctly, he's going to appear. He's going to be looking through your windows. Oh. The looksy see man, that's what they call him. Does it say what he looks like? Nope. <sighs> so, um, now you have to fucking move. You have to move, and you have to keep moving, and you have to move and move and move. But... You can't let him see you. So you're moving around. He's looking through your different windows. Mm-hmm. You have to keep moving because if you stop moving, 
He's gonna get you. Okay. Keep moving. He's gonna see me through the windows? But you can't, he, you can't let him see you through the windows. Okay. So he's peeking through the windows. But if I found a good hiding place. You have to keep moving. You can't stop moving. Okay, that's. If you stop moving, he gets you. If he sees you, he gets you. Okay. You can't stop moving throughout the space for the next six hours or until sunrise, whatever comes first. Mm-hmm. He's trying to see you through the windows, so you can't let him see you and you can't let him catch you. If you think he's going to see you, you have to move, but do not let your candle go out. If your candle goes out, he gets you. So you have to keep moving, you have to keep your candle lit, and you can't let him see you, and it has to go for six hours or until the sun comes up. Okay. If you hit the six hours or the sun comes up, you blow out the candle, he will leave, and once he's gone, you win the game. Now, what did you play for? Yeah. And what would happen if you didn't win? I mean, I assume gruesome death, but also, yeah. <laughs> so, if you if you win, mm-hmm. you play, you keep moving, you manage to not... So, what you need is a house that only has, like, two windows. Yeah. And mostly so space that I has no windows. have the so, wrong house for Yeah, this. we don't we have, have the, the wrong paint implement. Yes. Yes. So, but if you have a place that is mostly not windows, you can just keep moving around the rooms that really don't have windows in it. Yeah. Well, and it also, so the problem with me is I'm like nitty gritty. Like, so if I move back and forth and 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 back and forth, that's technically moving. Yes. Yes. So if I did that in a place where there was no windows. Yeah. I don't think you can do it in like the tiny little bathroom that we have. Yeah. Cool. So you yeah. have to, or like, I, I was thinking like the little teeny space yeah. in between the windows. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, mm, yeah, that's probably A, not going to work, and B, yeah. And then what, what do you get if you win? So if you win, uh, you are granted the gift of foresight. <laughs> yeah. But if you lose and he catches you, he drags you back to his lair eats your eyeballs, and he leaves you to die. <laughs> well, like, also, if he just eats your eyeballs, it's gonna take so fucking yeah, long for that sucks for you. Die. That sucks for you. He's Ugh. gonna leave you to die. Yeah. Um, Do you want my answers now? No. Okay. Let, I will ask you. I'm organized. So, Martha, would you play this? Um, okay, so 10-year-old Martha, absolutely fucking not, uh, doesn't want to be in the dark. <sighs> 35-year-old Martha is too fucking lazy to move for six hours. At night when you just want to go to sleep. Oh my god. I don't care. For foresight? Yes. Yeah. And so asshole. literally, I said, I sure as hell would not because I do not want to fucking see the future and no. I don't want my eyeballs. The, the, the reward is not worth the risk. So stupid. Yeah. Yeah. No. The strongest of passes. If you were like... Um, you'll win enough money to pay off you and your family and, like, a bunch of people's bills and, like, like, it's gonna be life-changing yeah. and not in a horrible way. Yeah. I know. Who the fuck wants foresight? Yeah. It's like, oh, well, now I know stuff, bad stuff is gonna happen. I assume I probably can't change it because why would they give you this? Other no. Alright, so the next game is called the Riddle Man game. Hmm. So, it is a one-player game. And you need a deck of cards. You have to make sure that the jokers are still in them. A bag of rice and a match or lighter. Interesting. So you're going to wait until midnight. And once the clock strikes 12, <laughs> um, you're going to spread a, the rice in a circle on the ground. 
You're going to sit in the center of the circle, and you're going to begin shuffling the cards. Every time you shuffle, you're going to take the top card off, and you're going to place it on the ground. And you're going to place it face up so you can see what it is. It doesn't matter what it is, except when you finally hit the Joker card. So you're going to do it however many times it takes you to get to that Joker. And you're going to shuffle it each time and pull off the top one. As soon as you get the Joker card, you're going to immediately burn it. And you're going to say, I have found you. Bring me my prize. And this is going to summon the Riddle Man. So when he appears, he looks like just a typical court jester. He just looks like the Riddler (laughs) from the fucking 90s show. So he's got like big shoulder pads. No, he looks like a typical court jester. So like the Harley Quinn. It'll look like Harley Quinn. Um, Like, well, if you were hot. (laughs) And he is going to ask you a riddle. If you answer correctly, you win. If you guess wrong, don't worry. You have more chances. But there's a catch. Mm -hmm. So all the cards you flipped over at the beginning, that's how many chances you have. So if you flipped over seven cards, you have seven chances to guess the riddle. The riddle's going to be different each time. So if you get it wrong, he's going to ask you a new riddle. That makes sense. The riddles are going to get harder each time you answer it wrong. I know you don't know the answer of this, but when I get it wrong, will he tell me the answer? Because I think it would be more infuriating (laughs) to be like, I have to do another riddle and I don't ever get to know what the answer to that one is. I bet he doesn't tell you the answer. Oh, absolutely not. And then, not only does the riddles get harder as you go, he himself starts to get creepier and scarier every single time you answer something wrong. So, if you don't answer by time all of your cards run out, you lose. You just have to answer one of them. As soon as you answer one of them correctly, you win. Oh, you don't have to, so if you answer it right on the first one, game over, you win. Okay. You answer it right on the last one, game over, you win. Sick. Okay. All you have to do is answer one. That's not terrible. So, if you are able to answer one of those riddles, mm-hmm. what do you win? You're going to get all these magical sort of gifts like a longer, healthier life, good luck for an undeclosed amount of time, things like that. If you lose, though... He turns you into a puppet, takes you back to his little realm, and you have to serve him for eternity. Now, Martha, would you play this game? I was in until the puppets. <laughs> like, I'm not horrible at riddles because D&D. I always thought I was, and then I have to solve things, and I'm like, well, it's obviously this, and I'm like, oh, did nobody pick that up? Like, I feel like the clue was there. And also, if I was going to do this, I would read, like, seven pages of riddles (laughs) and be like, okay, remember this vaguely, at least enough so that you can Can kind of get there. there. Yeah. Like, study the fuck up. But puppets, I fucking hate And you don't 100% know what you're going to get. You're going to get magical good things, but, like, you're not 100% sure what they are. What if it's, like, immortality? Yeah, like, no one fucking wants that. Honestly, I don't even want the longer life. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's a healthier life, so maybe that means brain health as well. That would be great. Okay. Some of them specifically talk about mental health. Yeah. Yeah. And so here's another thing. If I was a Muppet, it would be a different story, and I would be like, maybe. (laughs) <laughs> but puppets are creepy yeah. as shit. <laughs> um, so what's your answer? Would 10-year-old Martha do this? 10-year-old Martha is chicken shit. And, and also, probably can't answer riddles. <sighs> that's definitely <laughs> fucking true. 
and doesn't have the internet to study them, yeah. so she has to, like, buy a fucking riddle book mm. or find it at the library. I was gonna say, your mom doesn't have money for her to no. buy you a riddle yeah. book, so you have to buy them at the yeah. library. And she remembered my allowance, like, three weeks out of the year. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Um, allowance for doing things that I never really did, so also fair. Um, yeah, so... Younger Martha is not going to take that risk because, and also younger Martha is genuinely petrified, will cry about class. <laughs> I'm at a point now where I'm like, it's fine. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to hang out with a clown. But also like, I can chill. It's yeah. okay. But the puppet is a deal breaker. Okay. And not knowing my, the problem is I want to like negotiate with all of these monsters. <laughs> Yeah, be like, okay, bro, I need to know exactly what a window means. <laughs> I need to know. I can't play this game with you without the specifics. Um, yeah, and they're like, I'm a monster. <laughs> I'm just trying to eat you. <laughs> yep, that's why there aren't specifics. <laughs> yep. Um, I would not play this game because I'm awful at riddles. Mm-hmm. I can't answer any riddles. Okay, so the next one is called The Phantom Song. So what you need... Wrong joke. Should have been. Duh! Dun, 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 <laughs> yes, duh. it should have been. Because <laughs> while trying to find this one on Google, mm. I mostly got Phantom of the Opera stuff. <laughs> Alright, so the Phantom song, you need a piano of any size, any type, all that good stuff. Casio so, keyboard! Yeah. Um, and a bag of ashes. Doesn't say what kind of ashes. Okay. Just ashes. Mm. Shockingly, you have to wait till midnight to start this game. Mm. <laughs> At midnight, you're going to lock yourself in a room with a piano. <laughs> there can be zero light. Pitch black. No windows. Me in the bathroom no. playing my <laughs> Casio keyboard. Yep. yep, essentially. You have to, like, plug your your crack in the window, so that, uh, in, the, in the door, so that way no See, light See, that's the in. definition of windows. <laughs> so, yeah, completely pitch black. And once you're in there and everything is dark and you sit down at your piano or your keyboards in your lap, because that's what you have because you're in your closet, you are going to dip your fingers into the ash and then you're going to play the keys D-E-A-D because they're very creative. <laughs> Fucking terrible. Yeah. So whatever. It could, I said creative. Yeah. And while you play these notes, you're going to be asking, are you there? And as soon as the room starts... Worst song ever. <laughs> if the room starts to fill with a soft glow, it means success. You have summoned the phantom musician. If it doesn't happen, it means he's currently busy and playing with someone else and only one person can play at a time. He's like, I don't want to go to your Casio bathroom. <laughs> he's like, this one's fancier, yeah. so we're going to go over here. <laughs> they have an actual piano. And a phantom of the opera mask. <laughs> So, only one person can play at a time, so if you have to try again another day, because it has to be done exactly at midnight. Yeah. So, if you do summon him, what do we do? So, the game lasts for about an hour. The musician is going to play ten random sets of keys, and they're going to get more complicated each time. And it's going to be like a bop it. You have to remember it, and you have to play it back. But not only do you have to play back the keys, you have to play it back in the exact same tempo as he does. So if you're off at all, you lose. If you manage to do all ten rounds and hit all the notes at the right tempo, you win. 
All right. You, so you can't screw up once. Yep. There's there's no freebies. Yep. You have to do all ten right. That's fair. Now, if you lose upon your death. Mm-hmm. Well, upon my natural death, or do I just die? So, it doesn't tell me. I it just know. says upon your death, which I talk about. Okay. So, upon your death, you take the place of a phantom, the phantom musician, and then you're trapped in the role until someone else loses. Now, other than the few TikToks I saw on this, couldn't really find anything else about this game. So I don't know if you just die because the Phantom Musician takes you and you get shoved into his face Mm -hmm. and he goes wherever he goes, or if it is until your natural death. And Mm -hmm. if it is your natural death, I'm assuming people are losing to this game at least probably once a month. Yeah. So that doesn't sound that long. And, and, And if not weekly. Yeah. And so if your natural death, does it just... How, what's the order? Is there like my turnaround's gonna be faster than fucking yeah? Jason's. Like I'm like, is it just who dies first? So you die first, mm-hmm. so you get the. But the more than likely, someone else is gonna die in a couple of weeks and just take your place that lost yeah. the game. So just I don't feel like you'd be stuck as this phantom for very long, yeah. and I don't know how bad it is to be stuck as a phantom just fucking playing some piano. Mm-hmm. You get to come back, yeah. If you win, if you yeah. So and if yeah. you win, there's a prize for winning. Oh, okay. Well, no, if, if, oh, no, you just get, so you're dead. Yeah. Oh, so you're just dead. I'm pretty sure you're dead. Okay. So, but you don't get trapped doing this. You go on to whatever the next Mm. thing is, which is nothingness. So, yeah, I want to be the phantom and then I want to come back. Yeah, no, you don't get to come back. You're dead. You're, you're, whether it's a natural death or he kills you, you're dead, but you're not trapped doing this, this role anymore. Okay. If you win, You get 10 years of great prosperity. Okay, okay. So, and you can play this game as many times as you want. So technically, you could set yourself up for life if you keep winning and just live a good life. Yeah. Live a good, play it a couple times, win. I won't play it because I can't play the piano. So that's not going to work. I can hold a beat, but I can't remember things like that. And I cannot play the piano. So that, And I definitely can't, like, know the note you played by listening to it. So... Not the game for me. Would you play this game? Yes and yes. So you're that confident that you can repeat the notes at the exact tempo <laughs> ten times on a piano. I played piano for like 11, 12 years. Maybe more. I don't actually have In the pitch black. Remember? Oh. Remember. You're in the pitch black. Okay. So... That changes baby Martha's. (laughs) But also, she had a better handle on the piano. And she had a real piano, so she could, like, figure that shit out. Mm -hmm. So, it's a solid fucking maybe for baby Martha. (laughs) Adult Martha? Like, first of all, being a phantom sounds cool. Secondly, the idea idea that somebody would just (laughs) find me dead in my bathroom in the castle. (laughs) I'd be like, is not the worst thing. I probably wouldn't do it right now. But like, you know, if I was having a bad day, I'd be like, well, we'll see if I can fuck around with this. I'll listen to a couple of the keys. I used to, um, so I had to do a lot of like, kind of sight reading where it would, like, it wouldn't even be like, you listen to it and then repeat it back. It would be like, you have to just know the tempo from the like couple things that are written mm-hmm. and if you fuck it up you just fuck it up and i went to you know i i d- 
did the musician thing for a while. I m- almost minored in music and then was like, I hate the this part of it where you're like the science of it. I'm like, oh, I hate this. I fucking hate this. Nope. Or I just want to read books. Um, thanks, college. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so would I do it now? No. Would I do it? later at the time where I was like, I'm in a bad place and I have a Cassian and a no lit bathroom. <laughs> yeah, and like let's back to that and like would I do it more than once to like like if he if he doesn't answer the first fucking time I'm like eh. Yeah. I'm not a person who's gonna try this dumbass game again. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, oh it didn't work because it was not real. real. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I would try it at some point because it's truly so dumb. And also, like, even if it is true, that part is dumb enough that it would be really the funniest, like, fucking obituary that any person had ever read in their life. (laughs) Matching. (laughs) We don't know what happened, but she was on our sitting on the toilet, but not on it like going to the bathroom like it was closed with their clothes her pants were on fully in the dark everything was blocked off so there was no light and she had a cassia (laughs) which she just bought (laughs) (laughs) it literally came in from amazon a day ago (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah all right number four Speak no evil. So you need um, something to write with and some paper. You need a match or a lighter. And you need a shovel. <laughs> a bunch of these things make sense and then you out of left field. <laughs> so to start, you need to write, I will speak no evil on the paper seven times. From there, you burn the paper and then you have to bury the ashes under the tree at sunset, which is why you need a shovel. Uh... <laughs> So you I mean, got, they're just ashes. Yeah, you probably like yeah, it's whatever. But then yeah. your neighbors like, well, no matter no matter what you do, your yeah. neighbors like, well, what is happening? Yeah, make sure you remember exactly where you bury the ashes. Now, if it's done for the next seven days, you will be observed by a spirit. Now, I don't think there's any way for you to tell if you did it right. So you just have to fucking think you did it right. Fingers crossed, because you will be observed by a spirit for the next seven days. And the spirit is going to test your willpower. So for the next week, you cannot talk. Okay? You can't talk at all. It's not like you can't just talk no evil. Like, you just can't talk. Yeah. So, not only can you just not talk, this fucking spirit, bro, is going to legit test you. So, all of a sudden, you're going to get fucking, like, publisher's clearinghouse calling you up and being like, you want a million dollars if you just answer what your favorite color is. Yep, and you can't answer it. Or you're going to be, like, working really hard on this promotion for the last year, and your boss is going to be like, hey, at the end of the week, as long as you just present your thing, you've got the promotion. And you can't fucking talk. You can't talk. And it's going to test you. It's going to be a bitch. So you can't say a word. You have to stay quiet the whole week. And if you manage to stay quiet the whole week, you will win. Now, what do you win? If you don't talk at all, you go back to where you hit the ashes, you undig it, and you, there will be, you Sorry. undig those ashes, 
and there will be seven bags of gold. Okay. Interesting. I wonder what you what happens when you go to the bank and you're like, I found this. I would like <laughs> to deposit it. <laughs> just just curious. <laughs> I'm from the past. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to drown you. <laughs> you had the hope that you will, like, we would be able to get away with it because we could be like, oh, our parents found it in their house, yeah. like, from long ago, mm-hmm. like, we have older houses, but from our apartment, it wouldn't yeah. really work. I found this in the wall. <laughs> I've been digging random places, as my neighbors have seen. <laughs> in our apartment complex is like, can you not dig by the trees. And if you find seven bags of gold, it's ours, own actually. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so... That's why you just say you only found six, and then you're like, um, this one's under my bed. <laughs> <laughs> but, if you speak, even once, you become Ariel and you lose your voice to the sea witch. For real, sis? No, there's no sea witch, but you do lose your voice forever. Okay, okay. But yeah, your, your loss is you never get to speak again. <sighs> Yeah. Yeah. So seven bags of gold are never being able to talk again. So, Martha, would 10-year-old you play this? Okay. First of all, 10-year-old me doesn't know anything about the bank. (laughs) 10-year-old you doesn't understand money yet. No. So, like, seven bags of gold, A, sounds fantasy as fuck. (laughs) And B, was I was a quiet little mouse. And C, I was already doing okay because my brain hadn't shit the bed. But it would probably give you a thing. Big advantage. Yes. But it would probably have really intense fucking trials for you that mm-hmm. would be like in your 10 year old brain, oh, yeah. life altering if you didn't. A hundred percent. That's really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like one of the, one of the examples on the, the TikTok is like, <laughs> your crush calls you and asks you out on a date. And I'm like, well, that doesn't fucking bother yeah, us now. But like for, you know, a yeah. child, it might be a little different. Because kids are gross. That's true, but I think even at a young age. But I mean, I'm just this is an example. It doesn't me, matter. Yeah. They would pick something that would get you to talk. It it's a spirit. A death. It knows. It would be a death. They would kill one of my family, and I would be like, I, I don't think it's gonna do that. It just wants to get you to talk. It's not gonna murder someone. It's just want. It's gonna put circumstances in front of you that if you don't talk. You're not going to get something that you want really bad. I'm trying to think of A, anything that I really wanted bad at 10. But A, B. You're 10, so who the fuck knows? I'm 10, so who the fuck knows? <laughs> and also, dumb, but also afraid of a lot of things. So, this is also a me. Mm-hmm. It would be very circumstantial of how poor my family was doing at the time. Yep. Now? Yeah, I don't think so. So if I was in a place where I had to, like, not talk, I could email things and be like, I yeah, can't do this. text things. And if it or, was, like... Well, so some of the examples like they were giving, I was like, you could you just respond by, by like, nodding or giving, yeah. like, a text or writing it down. Mm-hmm. That's why I tried to think of things that were, like, you have to answer yeah. or else you're and not going to get even it. Even then, like, you can find somebody saying, like, yes, or any color yeah. in the... Like, something... Like on the internet, you can't give that presentation though to get that that promotion that you were working for all year, and Mm -hmm. your company is boss, and you really want that promotion. Yeah, and that is a (laughs) toughie. Yeah, 
<laughs> so I have to weigh that promotion yeah. versus seven bags yes. of gold. gold. Now we have to go online and figure out how much gold is worth. Mm-hmm. And then see how big the bag is, because what if they're like, <laughs> like fucking And this is why. <laughs> like, this is why I can't do any of these, because yeah. I'm like. But I need to, yeah. I need to, what if my bag, so, the bags are like, like fucking bags that have pennies in them. Yeah. And I'm like. I imagine they're like. Like chunks. Yeah. You know. Exactly. But, um, I don't know, because there's no rules. Like, they're fantasy. And then what I want to know is. What are the exact rules? Like, is it just talking? Like, can I laugh? Can I can laugh? I can I grunt? Can I grunt? Mm-hmm. Can I can I moan? Because I what what, can, what those are noises. Those so are many talking. noises. Yeah, just they have. Can I? Yeah. Can yeah. I do this like weird yeah. thing that I can't stop? So doing what now? is it like? Just literally talking. Yeah. But I couldn't play this game because I like to talk. I like it, to talk a lot. It wouldn't last. It long. would be very very. Though hard at the same for me. time, I mean, what's I like the money. worst if I am that poor? Yeah. What, like, okay, I guess I am mute for the rest of my life. People are mute and live Seriously, all the time. You can learn live sign normal, language. Like, yeah. And then you can be a super well, here's sick the thing. sign language. You fucking. learn sign language and then you play this game. I wish they'd offered fucking sign language instead of French in. And what's also good about this one is you can't, nothing scary yeah. appears. Like, it's exactly. just this weird thing that might be watching you. Yeah. It's not like, oh, it's this just fucking man who I already assume is there. <laughs> Who's already there? <laughs> but like, bro, have some bread. But now I'm just writing it on a postcard and putting it on the, like, the floor. And like, <laughs> um, yeah. I'm not so, going to eat it. There's a lot of notes. I would more written. than I am sure I 90% guarantee I would lose this game. Same. So that's probably why I wouldn't play it <laughs> unless I desperately needed the money and Same. it was worth it. 100%. All right. The next one is called Death Scampet. So you need a deck of cards, two chairs, a window, and a pen and paper. So what I like slash hate about this game is that it's completely up to chance. Mm, Nope. Complete chance game. So maybe you've won some of those other games that gave you good luck. And then you'll be able to do Mm -hmm. this one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See? 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 So... Uh, you need to wait until sunset, another sunset one. Okay. You're going to place one of the chairs inside facing the window, and then you're going to place the other chair outside facing the window. Okay? Mm-hmm. Then you're going to go back in, and you're going to sit down on the chair, and you are going to start shuffling the cards, and you're going to say, I leave my fate up to luck. Ooh. You're going to do this a few times, mm-hmm. and... If you hear a very loud gust of wind, it means your little phantom player has arrived. And if you haven't guessed it, the phantom is the Grim Reaper himself. So the game is simple. You place two cards down on the windowsill. One is your card and one is death's card. And whoever has the higher card gets a point. You go through all of the cards. That's why you have the pen and paper because you're tallying up your points. And after you go through the whole deck, whoever has the most points wins. Now, you have to be careful, though. Make sure you are always in control of the paper because death is a little bitch and he cheats. Can I cheat? No. He'll know because he's death. That's stupid. But he will cheat because he's a bitch. That's so lame. I know. I want to cheat. Yeah. So no cheating. And you have to watch it or else he will cheat. So you have to, like clutch the thing to your bosom while you put the cards down and then secretly mark it 
But he'll know if you mark the wrong one. He'll know. Yeah, okay. So if you win, you will have good luck for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. If you lose, your soul now belongs to death. Uh, so um, would you play this? Uh, now? I don't believe in souls, so eat me to death. I, I definitely say that at Come one point. Come fucking here, yeah. friendo. Yeah, whatever. But I'm assuming if he eats your soul, it just means you also die. That's a bad time. Yeah. Okay, so no, I guess not. Yeah. First of all, I think anything where you have to believe in luck is dumb and stupid. Uh, there is a uh, deck in, it's called the Deck of Many Things, and it's like basically a tarot deck in uh, D&D. And, like, some of the things are, like, you get a wish spell, so you can kind of do whatever the fuck you want. And then, like, two or three of them are, like, you're banished to a random place and no one knows where you are and you're just, like, you're just gone. And your people can try and find you. But who knows? They might not. Yeah, might be done. Yeah, so no, I'm not really here for anything that's luck that just kills me. Yeah. Second thing is, when I was first picturing this, I was just gonna take (laughs) the second, like, uh lounge chair and bring it on the inside and then you were like the windowsill and I was like damn it <laughs> like me and Death were gonna just kick it and probably smoke a bowl no there's a window in between lame <laughs> I said I would also not play this one because I feel like I feel like this would go either one of two ways for me I would get these points like how I get jobs mm. or I would lose these points like I lose tires mm. no in between yeah and so I'm just not gonna risk, risk it yeah yeah, that's a hundred percent fair. Yes, <laughs> your fay luck and fay loss is real strong. Yep. <laughs> All right, number six, we have the travel man game. Um, so once again, it's a one player, and you need a candle or a lantern and an empty house. Now, does this empty house mean like no one else is in it, mm-hmm. or does it mean like there's nothing in it? I don't know. Doesn't go into detail. The they count, didn't tell me. You know. They didn't. They didn't fucking tell me. So I don't know. So I'm already possibly set up for failure. Okay, so at the start of nightfall, so as soon as it gets dark, you light the candle or lantern, and you go to your front door, and you knock three times and say, travel man, travel man, come make me a deal. You are pre... Sorry. All of these, I feel like I would not be able to get through without laughing. laughing. I know. Licky Lou, travel man. (laughs) So you repeat this process for one week. Same time every day. So if it's done properly on the last day, you'll be greeted by something that's well-dressed and carrying a briefcase. (laughs) He will immediately open the briefcase and he'll show you something of little value in it, like a piece of fruit, a banana, or like here's a dollar, right? Mm -hmm. So you can choose to accept this gift. And once you accept the gift, the game ends. Or you can decline it. And when you decline it, he'll show you something else. And every single time you decline it and he shows you something else, the uh, value of the item or dollar amount or whatever it is he's showing you will increase. But at any point, he can be like, you're being a greedy fuck. And he'll demand something from you. Yes. So... This one I find interesting because what you win just depends on how long you're willing mm-hmm. to stretch your luck and hope he doesn't think you're a greedy bitch. If you are, do end up being a greedy bitch and he calls you out on it, he makes you choose either taking your soul or your life. 
Now, here's the thing. I would play this because if you're making me choose my soul or my life, that means you're not making me choose my life. Which means you can take my soul that I don't believe in. (laughs) I don't need that. But I'm also the person that's like, he'd be like, here's a thousand dollars. And I'd be like, sold. We're good, sir. It would would be so early for me. Yeah. Especially 10 year old me who would be like, here's a five. And I'd be like, yes, (laughs) (laughs) And like, also now, like $25 and I'd be like I know, I know. seriously 100 bucks I'd be like got it we're good we're good yeah. especially with how much gas is now it might not be the first one but it will probably be like the second I was going to say the third one maybe the third <laughs> it wouldn't be anything that would be greedy and I would be like I mean I'm not greedy I'm just poor it's not the same they'd probably open the thing on the first one and be like the freshest ripest ready to go avocado and I'd be like deal yeah. <laughs> It would be like, like a really cute little kitty stuff to like, well, I mean, like, yeah. So, yeah, I would play this one. Yeah. So, that's the one where I talked about the soul because they specifically talk about either your soul or and your life. And I'm like, important distinction. Yeah, yes, yes. Otherwise, I feel like it's kind of one and the same. Yeah, no, that probably makes sense. Because, I mean, I guess for people who believe in souls, it's not one and the same. But for me, it's one and the same yeah. because I don't believe in souls. I assume this is your life. Yeah, whatever. All right. So number seven is called Jack Be Nimble, Jack Be Quick. Also, one player game. You have to be in a pumpkin patch. You have to have a small white candle. That I think, Emotive. Yep. I think it has to last for a certain amount of time. Just kidding. Um, Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, you just have to make sure that, what'd you say? A votive. Just a votive candle. Just a little teeny one. Like, it's fine. You said a small white candle. And I was like, tiny. (laughs) So, you have to make sure it's going to last a good, probably like, four, five, six hours, Martha. (laughs) Fucking tea light isn't going to do it for you. (laughs) Turns out my tea light and my long stone fucking paint roll are not serving me well today. Martha's making bad choices. <laughs> From the get-go with her fucking paint roller, she was making bad choices. I might have to paint over the windows. <laughs> Turns out no. Turns out fucking no. At least when you go into these games, you don't go in blind, so you would make the right choice when you were prepping yeah. for these games. <laughs> Alright, so you have to start exactly at 2am. You're in your pumpkin patch. There's no way I would be in a pumpkin patch at 2 a.m. I instantly think there's a murderer in there waiting murderer, for me. Murderer. Murderer will yeah. be waiting for me. Murderer wearing a fucking pumpkin yeah. head mask. So, um, you have the, so at 2 a.m., I, I assume you should go there and scope first. Mm-hmm. And you want to find the largest pumpkin in the pumpkin patch. You're going to find the most, what the fuck is Linus's thing? The most, like, sincere uh, yeah. pumpkin? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I want the most obtuse pumpkin in the pumpkin patch. <laughs> None of the sincere shit. I don't give a shit about the sincere shit. Obtuse. This would be huge. Beautiful. All right. So biggest pumpkin in the pumpkin patch. So right at two, you're going to light. So you have to make sure, like I said, you find it. Because it has to be right at two. You light your candle. What did you say? My blood is. I immediately burn my hand. I'm like, fuck. You drop it. It's just a whole pumpkin patch on fire. Oh, no. <laughs> well, you wouldn't be playing that ga- this game that night. No. <laughs> so, you light your candle, and you say, oh, wait, no, you find the pumpkin, you, you have to find the pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Then you say, Jack be nimble, Jack be quick, three times. Then you light your candle. Okay. Then you say, 
I found your head. Come take it. So if it's done right, you summon a headless jack. Okay. He's wandering over, and he'll ask you where his head is. You don't say anything. You don't really even look at him, but you just sort of give him this obtuse pumpkin. Mm -hmm. And if he deems it obtuse enough, he'll take it. Okay? Mm -hmm. Now, this is where the game begins. Uh. It's a hide-and-seek type game. Uh. So you have to hide... And you can't let them find in you. In a pumpkin patch? In a pumpkin have patch. Have you ever seen a... I mean, I know you fucked I mean, I would trip and my candle would go out. Your candle went out the minute you lit it. <laughs> I immediately burned my hand because it's in a little metal thing, too. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, I fucked up immediately, but... Um, I'd say at least since you fucked up immediately, you didn't even start the yeah. game, so at least you're safe Like, there. I probably figured it out and came back with a slightly less shitty candle. <laughs> so, you have to hide... And not let him find you, or let your candle go out until sunrise. Mm-hmm. So make sure you pick a day that from two a.m. the sun comes up as soon as possible. Yeah, <laughs> like oh. yeah, and then whatever the earliest sunrise mm-hmm. is, that's the day you want to do it. Yeah. So you can't let your candle go out, you can't let him find you, and you can't leave the pumpkin patch. <laughs> is the body hot? Yes. Okay. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, uh, first of all, the answer is always yes. <laughs> if you get to pick, yes. yes. <laughs> Just wondering. All right, so Jack, because he doesn't have a head, mm-hmm. can't see or hear you. Yep. But that doesn't mean he won't find you. So still be careful because he's a slippery little fucker with his 18 abs his and his, his, <laughs> his bicep that's as big as my fucking head <laughs> and his thighs that could crush me. And I'm struggling to hide. <laughs> He's just going through the pumpkins and crushing yeah. them with his thighs oh. to find you. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So if you survive until sunrise, he will, co- he will come up to you. You can show yourself at that point. And he will give you the pumpkin that you picked out for him. Cool. And now it is like magical and you will have good luck for a year. Okay. If he finds you before then, now I'm going to edit this a little bit of how he, how this happens. If he finds you before then you lose and he's just going to crush your head off your body with his thighs. <laughs> okay. Originally it said cut your head off, but we went with the thighs. So we're sticking with the thighs. <laughs> And he takes it as well. He's a bunch of heads places that he's crushed off with his thighs. It's interesting. <laughs> Ten-year-old me is a solid fucking no. Also, it's very hard to hide in a pumpkin patch. Yeah. Because there aren't a lot of places. Well, it so you'd have to find a pumpkin patch that has a bunch of big pumpkins. Yeah. Really yeah. fucking big pumpkins. I don't need them quite as big because I'm I was going to say, I yeah. I am a smaller bee. You already have to give the most obtuse pumpkin to him. Mm-hmm. So you have to find the second most obtuse and make sure that you fit behind it and see that he doesn't crush it with his very impressive thighs. <laughs> and that you don't get mesmerized by it and stay in the same place. <laughs> yeah. Also, so I feel like we might bond because we both have obtuse heads. <laughs> so maybe I would play it. <laughs> so I said I have mixed feelings about this because it has cool spooky vibes that I'm feeling. And then after after our improvements of the game, now I have really big mixed feelings about it. 
There are worse ways to go. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's like below it's the actually Casio just the beginning the bathroom, of it's, it's just, but it's above okay. a lot yeah. of other It's stuff. just the beginning of that my love story, actually. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> and a man without a head means that he's not going to say anything. Oh, he's quiet. And it, yeah, he's quiet and introspective. Uh, he listens. With no ears. Oh, it's complicated. <laughs> Again, it's complicated. He's a monster. Um, you'll never know if he has bad opinions. Sure. All right. Um, my love story. That's yep. actually my love like, story. Here we are. Because <laughs> you got to find a pumpkin mm-hmm. patch to find my true love. All right. <laughs> you and Cinderella, right? <laughs> sure. So that is an obtuse pumpkin. <laughs> The last one, mm-hmm. I'm going to do some honorable mentions where I just kind of give you a brief of what they are, but nice. this is the last one that I'm going to go into details. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's called rag, rags to riches. Mm-hmm. So you need old and unused fabric, <laughs> which includes shirts, towels, rags, all of the fabric in our closet, <laughs> and some sewing equipment. <laughs> so you're going to gather all of your old and unused fabric, and you're going to sew it into a big giant fabric ball, right? After you sew it all together in this giant ball, you're going to put it in the corner of a room. In our case, it would take up the whole room. Yep. And you're going to leave it there for three days. In our case, it would be hot glue. <laughs> that is you're like, sorry, bro. <laughs> I meant to do We'd that. have to buy so much hot glue. Would we? Because we have a lot. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. This is true. I think we could double team it with some hot glue and sewing. Yeah. Because it doesn't have to, the thread doesn't have to match. No. So we don't have to constantly be changing the thermostat. So just be. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you leave it in the corner of the room or in our case, the whole room for three days. And then at midnight on the last day, because we're back to that midnight time, mm-hmm. you stand in front of the giant fabric ball and say, these rags have gone to waste. Who will come and take them? You say it three times. Lots of cosplayers show up. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I thought you were a hot monster. So if done correctly, a hooded man will appear, which could be a cosplayer. <laughs> in this, he is known as the Ragman. Ragman is a superhero in, I think, DC. Okay. So it's him. Yep. He's not bad. Does he wear a hood? I think he wears a whole, like, okay. carpety, like... Put he together is, he is nonsense, right, yeah. So um, he enters the room and he's going to expect inspect your ball of fabric. Do not speak to him. Do not look him in the eyes. No problem. I will be so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know what happened to it. It's been here before. <laughs> so if he inspects your ball of fabric and decides that is bigger than the previous player's ball of fabric, it is. <laughs> you win. Nice. So if you have a bigger ball of fabric. You are going to win a large bag of gold. Okay. You, it turns those rags into riches. Yeah. Still got a finger at the bag. If you lose, he takes your skin. <laughs> yeah, bummer. Icky. So, Martha, I'm going to answer this to the both of us. Yeah. We would play this game because we would win. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, the fact, like, somebody else coming before and also more than likely whoever's because it's not like who's ever the biggest ball it's just whoever played before you. yeah exactly and it, i don't think i don't i don't think you can just go like buy things no. it has to be what's it like you already have mm-hmm. and i think we could technically even be like well 
I don't want miss this dress. Well, so that's what I was thinking. I was like, like, if you're gonna give I'm me a bag of gold, I can buy more. Going yeah, through my, my clothes, clothes being and like, being like, this is a little Ugh. dingy. There's yeah. like, like I have a, a ball of clothes in my room right yeah. now that I haven't put in yes. the trash. That is trash. And like all of our sheets that we don't actually legit use yeah. except to fucking cover the couch with, exactly. like, and just all of the fabric we have. It would take. Yeah. yeah. So it, I mean, first of all. Putting it all together would take eons. But it would take forever. And like I said, it would take up the whole fucking yeah. room. It, it was not putting it in the corner of the yeah. room. It's going to take up our whole apartment. It would be a full job for yeah. a while, but we would get paid handsomely, and then we would have to figure out how to do things with gold. Yes. Okay. That's the main problem. Yeah, that is but uh, we would play this one, because yeah. we would win this one. I'll figure, uh, I'm sure Google knows what to do with gold. <laughs> I'm sure they do. Yeah, or at least good enough. Yeah. So those are the main eight, but I have a couple of honorable mentions. So the first honorable mention I'm going to say is um, called It Follows. So I don't know if this game came out after the movie or the movie came out after the game was was first talked about. So basically... You, See that episode. Yeah. Yes. So you... Um, Part of spooky season, part of uh, uh, season one. Yeah. yeah, season one, spooky season. Um, so you summon the hide behind, and this can blend into anything. You have 24 hours to spot the hide behind and call out its location. If you can spot the hide behind and call out its location, it will grant you a wish. If you don't call it out within 24 hours, it eats you. So that's the yeah. game it follows. A little different than it follows. No STDs. I was going to say, you don't have to fuck anybody. No, you have to do... It has a whole process yeah. like all the other games to summon it. So exactly. you're specifically summoning it. It's not a weird STD. Yeah. But also maybe you could do something where you were like throwing sand all the time. You just get on the beach and you just throw... Yeah, I'm not sure how it disguises itself. I was going to say, if I don't think not- it's invisible. I think it like morphs into things. Oh, okay. But I'm not sure. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. if he's invisible and solid, maybe you could do, like, any of the things where they have to fucking fight invisible men. Yeah. Yeah, because he's a pervert. Yes. Mm-hmm. On those heat signature goggles. Anything else? Probably not. So, yeah. I don't think I'm... Yes. Alright. Um, I'm not paranoid for the rest of my life. I know, seriously. Worse than it is. The next one is called Infinite Door Ritual. So, you enter into a different dimension. It's like a dream-like dimension. And there's just an infinite amount of doors. And every time you open a door, it contains a treasure. You can open as many doors as you want. And every single time you open a door, it increases the value of the item inside of it. So once again, it's one of those where it probably starts as out as a banana. And then the next one is a little bit more. Yeah, I won't take a banana. I will take a one dollar bill. <laughs> I was going to say the first one's a dollar bill. Yeah. The next one, it, well, the first one's like, yeah, a penny or whatever it is. So it, but then it goes up. Then it goes up to a dollar. Yeah. Then it goes up. So whatever. It goes like, up. Blah, gold blah, blah, blah. bag gets larger. Progressively bigger to a point where I actually want it, where it's not like two gold pennies. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Now, the catch. There is a creature behind the door. And it wants to eat you. No. Fair. I'm a snack. <laughs> a Dick Grayson remark. Yeah, 100%. 100%. 
now just like every time you open a door, your treasure value increases. Every time you open the door, the chance of the creature being behind the door. Mm, monster value increases. So he increases. gets progressively hotter. <laughs> His thighs get progressively bigger. <laughs> There's a point where they get too big. But it's like slightly around <laughs> where venoms are. <laughs> so yeah. So if you open the door and it's the creature, he eats you. Or you can just say, I am done opening doors, and you take your gifts, and you leave with whatever it is. Do you get all of them? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd play this one. So you got $10 and five cents. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I went through real quick, and I might have gone to the number three, and I think the thing that would continue would not be, like, the curiosity about the treasure, but I would be like, what do you look like, monster? <laughs> I, like, I'm just very curious. <laughs> Are you a good monster? Do you look no, like he's not a good monster. He wants to eat you. Well, not, not like that. Did they do a good job with oh, you? yeah. Or do you look like fucking Jeepers Creepers? <laughs> Where it's like, you were so scary until I saw you. Yeah. And then I was like, it's I might where it goes wrong. be able to beat you up. Mm-hmm. And I'm weak as shit. <laughs> All right, the next one. So, oh wait, would we play this game? Whatever. I think I would because I'm also the person that'd be like three doors and I made ten bucks and I'd be like, okay, I'm good. And I'm curious about monsters. Yeah. I wonder what this this dream place looks like. I was gonna say, is it it pretty or is it just like black with a bunch of doors? Yeah. The creepy pasta that I read was every door was like a new place. Oh yeah. And I progressively got like more mind fucking. Yeah, no, this is treasure. All right, so the next one is called um, the Whisper Man game. Mm-mm. So a ghostly white figure will appear, Mm-mm. and he chases you for seven days. Mm-mm. Now, when you are looking at him, he cannot move. Is he Boo? He's King Boo. Yeah, essentially, I guess. Yeah. So it's funny because all the drawings of him is just like this stupid little like pencil drawing. Yeah. And he looks really dopey. <laughs> so uh, you seven days. If you're looking at him, he can't move. And yeah. he moves really slowly. Okay. So if you do turn away, it's not like you're going to turn around and he's going to be right there. Yeah. So I probably have time to pee and then come back yeah. and look. But at here's him. the problem. You're playing for seven days. That means you can't fucking sleep. So... If you have to drive to a new state every night. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. And then sleep for like four hours and then drive. Yeah. Yep. So if he doesn't catch you, he'll essentially kind of end up being like my bestie. Your bestie. And he protects bestie, you. Obviously. Yeah. He protects you. Mm-hmm. So anything bad that happens to you mentally or physically, he takes the brunt of. He's gonna be a guest and he's gonna tell us about like real spook life. Yes, yeah. Okay. But if you fall asleep, and then you wake up, and he's right there, and he gets you. He gets to kiss me, and it's gross. He grabs your soul. Her. Same thing. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> he eats your face like an apple. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you can't sleep. No, so obviously this is I'm not playing. playing this game. Not, we've had the discussion where I drop shit on my face because I've fallen asleep randomly. So um, if I was friendly. ever and like a Freddy Krueger like thing, I, I would kill myself. Invasion of the body. Yeah, creatures. just kill. I'm done. A hundred percent. I can't sleep. I'm done. I'm over it. Well, or over I'll, it. Or I'll just let them take me yeah, over. Whatever. It's fine. I'm over it. It's yeah. cool. Uh, the next one is called No Way Out. 
and this is like a maze game. No. So, um, my answer. <laughs> no, 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 right. so if you find your way out in six hours, you get, <laughs> you get wishes granted. If you find your way out in 12 hours, you don't get anything, but you do get to leave. Ugh. If you don't find your way out after 12 hours, you're stuck in this dream maze forever. Now there's going to be some obstacles. And a mentor. <laughs> what's notable about this game is the worse your mental health is, oh, the no. worse the maze is gonna be. Pass, pass, so, pass, pass. We won't be playing this oh, game. Oh my lord. <laughs> yup. Oh, this is for those women who just have nothing in their brains of us. <laughs> oh, must be nice. <laughs> I was already like, I don't know mazes and yep. once, And once I go through something, I won't remember. Yeah. And if I fuck up, I won't know how no. to get back. Yup. And then the Minotaur will gore me. <laughs> Be like, I'm sorry, bro. I know you had a bad life. Look at your life, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just calling out uh, Hades Asterius. <laughs> they, you know, not only did they make him kind of hot as a weird bull man, but they, <laughs> un- unfortunately hot as a weird bull man, but I'm blaming you, Disney. This is why we're all like this. Uh, <laughs> but, um, they humanized the shit out of him. All right. The next one is called the doppelganger ritual. Mm-mm. So you need a friend for this one. So one of you summons your doppelganger. And then the other friend needs to figure out which one's the real one. So So if you choose the real one, you're blessed with a nice, healthy, long life. Do you have to choose it right off the bat? Or no, you, know? you ask questions. So the so the the doppelganger and the friend that's the that has the doppelganger yeah. can't talk unless uh, the friend asks questions. Okay. But when the friend asks questions, they can answer. Yeah, this would be stupidly easy. Yeah, because we would say the same thing at the same time. Yeah, it's true. And then the doppelganger would be like, oh, I don't know why I even tried. And also, <laughs> if it was my doppelganger, I'd try to kiss her, and you'd be like, Oh no. <laughs> That's fucking true. Your doppelganger will be like, I'm the real one, and you just be like, <laughs> Let's get married. What? No. So, if your friend chooses the right one, like I said, you'll get that nice, healthy, long life. But if you think your friend chooses the wrong one because they're a bad friend and you shouldn't have played with them, then you will be replaced, the doppelganger will replace you and you'll be trapped forever in your doppelganger world. Mm. Okay. All right. Like us. Spoilers <laughs> for us, guys. Sorry. <laughs> All right. The last one, and I'm not even going to go into details, but I bring this up for one reason. It's called the Answer Man game, <laughs> and you need ten friends to play with this. Oh, well, we Who the fuck has ten friends? Not out here. <laughs> not out here. So, yeah. We'd have to fly ten friends out. I know. No, not, not ten do. friends. We'd have to fly eight, eight friends out. out. Yeah, and essentially it's sort of like a truth or dare, but a truth that they ask you questions, and if you lie, they'll come after you, but if you tell the truth, you get shit. But I'm sure they'll ask you, like, I guess, demeaning questions that break up friendships if you're shitty people in all horror movies. That's like, you fucked my boyfriend! Like, yeah, we know. (laughs) We we know. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so those are my... That's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. I want to play... A couple of these games.
Coming this summer to a podcast near you. Be prepared for the return of... The Jedi. No, the return of... The King. No, the return of... Swamp Thing? You are such an idiot. The return of... Oh, oh, oh. The Monster Sci-Fi Show. Yes, it's coming back and it's about time. The Monster Sci-Fi Show is part of the Rebel Alliance, part of your complete breakfast, and part of the ESO Network. It's sci-fi from a certain point of view. What are we doing today, Martha? All right. Okie doke. So today I'm going to talk about vampires again. Yay. Uh, it's spooky season, so it's that fucking time. Yay. And we've been on a tear about that shit anyways. Yay. Yeah. So today I'm going to talk about a classic vampire tale that influenced the genre, made vampires sexy in a way that other things that came before hadn't introduced a lot of themes and plot devices that are the bread and butter of vampire lore. But it's not Dracula. And uh, again, we are actually talking about sexy vampires. And Dracula was not super sexy in the books. Um, Nina's he had a fucking b- sexy. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Nina's sexy. Lucy's Lucy is sexy. sexy. <laughs> and Lucy is based off of this bitch. Okay, so, cool. Uh, so yeah, we're actually talking pre-Dracula. So we are talking about Carmilla today. Oh, sweet. Right, right, right. Sweet. Which, uh, so... We really need to watch the last season of Castlevania. Yes. All these fucking naughty days. Yeah, seriously. But yeah, so uh, Carmilla is a gothic novella written in 1872 by Irish author uh, Sheridan Le Fanu and predates Bram Stoker's Dracula by 26 years. Okay. Uh, and was definitely a big source. I mean, Bram Stoker did a lot of research on his vampire shit before he read, uh, wrote Dracula. It is a great book that you yeah, should read if exactly. you haven't. But it's a classic. Yes. It's important to the genre. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is a novella and takes you less time. Yes. <laughs> Who doesn't love a novella? A hundo person. And also, if you are wondering, hey, Sheridan is could be a lady. Unfortunately not. He knocked the Joseph Thomas off of his name <laughs> and was like, I'm Sheridan Lefanu because my name is too goddamn long. <laughs> Which, uh, fair. Also, dude died in 1873, so he got this out under the fucking line. There you go. Thank you, you, bro. Okay, uh, never mind. He was like 60, so it might have just been old oh, age. yeah. Yeah. I was like to know what old people die of. Well, or, like, of, like what history yeah. people die of. Consumption. Yeah. Like every because they always have past. a million diseases. <laughs> <laughs> what weird old timey disease did you die of? <laughs> That's a very good point. I just guessed consumption because I feel like most people didn't know what yeah. things were and they were like, mm-hmm. you have a vague flu. Yeah. Consumption. Mm-hmm. We're going to call it poetic. Well, and before, and talking about the topic of mm-hmm. vampires, before they knew what consumption was, they thought it was vampires. <laughs> I just listened to a podcast episode on the New England vampire panic, and it was all consumption. Yeah, which yeah. was like happening just before this shit yeah. came up. It was all. It was all essentially. Con- uh-huh. It was all essentially tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. So fucking interesting. Mm-hmm. High side about fucking Sheridan side. Carmilla was first published as a serial in the Dark Blue, which was a literary magazine at the time. So you pay like three cents and get like a magazine with a bunch of short stories and they were serials and you just buy them all the, you know, like comics, but mm-hmm. you read them. 
the story is narrated by a young woman uh, preyed upon by a female vampire named Carmilla. So if you're wondering, so before I wrote all of this, uh, I wrote, if you're wondering whether I read it, I've read chunks, but it's first person, which is not my fave. Yeah. Now I've read almost all of it because a lot of my summaries, I had two summaries that I was flipping between and I was like, this doesn't make sense for either of them. Yeah. And I would go back and be like, okay, that's where we're going. That's fine. Also, listener, if you are an aspiring writer and you're thinking, oh, a POV change is going to be so interesting. Don't. Don't do that. And don't write in first person. No. Um, that said. Because most people can't write in first person well no. and it makes it awful. Yeah. It's not. Once you get into it, you can like kind of pass by that. And considering that it's written in fucking 1872, it's very readable. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not, like, a ton of old-timey words. Fucking Lovecraft wrote in the 19... Question marks. 1900s? I think it was just, like, early 19s. And his shit is full-on illegible because it's, like, weird eldritch words that you were like, oh, I, I knew so many words, so I decided to use all of them. Uh, <laughs> and this is definitely written as the point of view as a 18-year-old, but at that time. So she's well-written, and also a girl with crush. We love lesbians. presents the story as part of the casebook of Dr. Hesalius, and I left most of the names in here because they're all, you know, like that. So, uh, <laughs> whose departures from medical orthodoxy rank him as one of the first occult detectives in literature, which is the most Wikipedia sentence I've ever said. Um, also, if you're presenting this case evidence, I hate this first person shit. That's all. Yep. So Laura, our teenage protagonist, um, narrates, and she, she begins with her childhood in picturesque and solitary castle among, uh, it's in the fucking boonies of Styria, which is in Austria. Okay. And her father is a Now I'm just in Sound of Music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a little bit that, and then and then you get <laughs> just not eighteen children, but no, no, no. But Austria and the father is yeah. a widower, and we're a little bit in the boonies. One child, and they don't sing a lot, <laughs> as far as we know. As far as we know, but I would watch a musical version of this. I lie. I I I, I would. Yeah, I like a musical. Yeah, Martha, I like a musical if they don't sing too much and it's a TV version. I don't ever want to really... There are very few plays that I really want to fucking watch. And that's fine. So it starts off and she's like telling the story of when she was six and she was falling asleep and she was like alone and scared. She remembered having a vision of this like solemn but really pretty young lady sitting, uh, kneeling next to her bed and kind of like soothing her from a nightmare. And then she fell back to sleep. And then she later wakes up and uh, having felt her breast had been punctured by two needles, but there was no wounds. Also, men, she's six. Can we call it a chest? It's we don't have to. It's true. This is unnecessary. Look for the new. You fucking creep this mm-hmm. Anyhow, everybody tells her a dream, and that's fair because she's six, and there are no puncture marks. Blah blah blah. Twelve years later, she and her dad are hanging out, and her dad's all like, "Hey, my friend, General Spielsdorf, is supposed to bring his niece." Bertha Reinfeldt to visit the two of us 
And I forgot to tell you that they're not going to come because Denise suddenly died under mysterious circumstances. And the general's like, I'm going to tell you about those later when we meet up. But right now I'm trying to like hunt something that maybe killed my niece. And Laura's like, I have no friends and I'm sad about it. And it's a big bummer because I thought this person would come to the boonies. Possibly be my friend. Exactly. And I know like nobody my age. So yeah, she's moping, and he's also kind of moping. Like, they're in the castle, looking down, and... Uh, moping. Moping, together, <laughs> in, like, the moonlight. There's, there's nothing like a father-daughter moping session. Yeah, I do it sometimes. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't know either, <laughs> but it's fine. So, uh, they look, while they're moping and looking out into nothingness, I assume that's part of the moping, uh, they see... It's like, just ransom. Fucking carriage accident. Like, oh. as people are, like, passing their castle, uh, they run out to, like, see what's going on. Now, what does the, it... Like, I can't imagine a carriage accident is that intense. I, They're yeah. going no miles per hour. I was gonna say, that I, I, they might have been, like, on a... I imagine it's, like, a bicycle accident. They were, <laughs> they were on the way somewhere, and they were in a hurry. So it was, like, not... Great, but also they got the carriage back on the road, so, so it wasn't, that, it wasn't bad. that bad. But yes, they all run out, and uh, Laura like opens the door to the carriage and sees this girl who appears to be dead, but is actually merely only stunned. And the woman traveling with her is like, "That is a big difference." Yeah, yes, because she's like, "Oh, she looks like she's dead," and then she's like, "She's not actually dead." <laughs> hmm. <laughs> um, so the woman traveling with her is like, uh, I'm her mom. Uh, I Everything's normal. I can't stop for some important reason. She doesn't really explain. She's like, I'm in a hurry, and she's injured, and I don't know what to do. Ah. And Laura is like, I really want a friend. Can we just take her in? And the mom's like, it's gonna be three months. <laughs> <laughs> and dad's like, I guess, okay, whatever. So yeah. You have 18 rooms and there's two you do, of us. Yeah, and you have one friend. I mean, I assume the servants I'm get you some, some servants, rooms, but like... But I'm assuming they don't count those in the real rooms because they have their own little headquarters. A hundred thousand percent. She's like, uh, I gotta leave. No big deal. Also, just to let you know, daughter's not going to talk about her past because it's something. Um, and, but she trauma. isn't. Well, she isn't. There's just trauma. Yeah. And so she says that, but she's probably like a vampire. And then she's like, peace. And she's, uh, all of this is normal. Laura's like, that seems kind of needless to say. And her dad's like, <laughs> weird. Um, that's pretty much all he says about it. You know, her dad through most of this is super useless. And it's shocking. Yes. But also, actually right shocking for an 1872 novel to have the, like, the, the guy man be like a useless Yeah, position. that's fair. Yes. So, pretty cool. So, uh, white men of, have always been useless. It's not surprising. <laughs> um, so, the injured girl in the carriage <laughs> is Carmilla. Is Carmilla. Did I say that yet? I no, don't think I did. not Yeah. Uh, so that's Carmilla, and uh, they basically are like, yeah, we'll have her stay for three months. Uh, she's going to heal from this. Uh, so they put her away, and we'll not put her away. They, like, 
set up a bed for her <laughs> so and they, take care they, of her. They put her in one of those 18 mm-hmm. rooms. Yeah, and they have, like, some of their servants, like, take care of her and make sure she's okay. And Laura keeps hearing from all of the, like, servants that are there. They're like, she's so pretty, and she's really gentle, and she's got such a sweet voice, and this and that. And Carmela's great. Once Laura is finally given leave to see her because she's rested enough, she goes in and the two of them immediately fucking recognize her, uh, each other from 12 years before from the like weird dream that Laura had. I thought that sentence was going to go somewhere else. Mm. We went straight into the novella <laughs> sentence in my brain. That's fair. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, the chapter is actually called We Compare Notes. <laughs> And um, so Carmilla says, how wonderful, 12 years ago I saw your face in a dream and it has haunted me ever since. And uh, Laura's like, wonderful indeed. And she's like, I thought it was actually really scary. I had nightmares about it for a while because I thought that you bit me. But she doesn't say that. So she's like, I could not forget your face. Uh, it has remained with me ever since. And Who said that? Uh, Laura. Okay. So Laura's like, I couldn't forget you. I was creeped out. But also, gay. <laughs> but also, you're also, fucking hot. I'm gay. So they hold hands and chat about that. And Carmilla is basically like, so I had a vision of you. And it was so vivid. Like, it was like a dream. And we both looked like we were now. So we both looked like we were fucking 18-year-old people. And Okay, I have a quick question. Mm-hmm. So in L- Laura. Yeah. Laura's dream when she was younger and like in her dream she her, she was she was young six and carmilla is like eight okay but the the vision dream that, that carmilla, carmilla is talking about up. they're both 18 they're both 18. okay and she's like i um was really like freaked out and i saw you at this point and you were crying and i went up to you yeah a beautiful young lady with golden hair and large blue eyes and lips your lips that's literally what she says. Lips, your lips, you as you are here. Your looks won me. I climbed on the bed and put my arms around you, and I think we both fell asleep. And then she's basically like, and then you screamed, and I jumped off the bed, and uh, then I was at my nursery at home. But I've never forgotten you. And then obviously they grow to be close, but they've already, like, it happens immediately. She's like holding her in her arms and whispering like, good night, darling. It is hard to part with you, but good night tomorrow, but not early. I shall see you again. Also, bitch is like, I'll see you tomorrow, but I'm not going to wake up early. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel that. Are these things red flags for vampires? Yes. But also, poor tiny baby lesbian Laura know this and did she have any context for this? No. And who wants to wake up early? Not me. Not me. Fucking no. So they grow close and, um, but occasionally like Carmilla's mood out of nowhere kind of changes. It's only out of nowhere if you don't know anything about vampires. Also, uh, so they, so there's a lot of like literary uh, things that talk about this uh, as having lesbian subtext and it is lesbian text and like the entire (laughs) there's no subtext it's just text it's like them kind of falling in love but also it's just like it's gay as shit like it's so gay Um, so she occasionally makes like romantic advances towards Laura and Laura's like I feel 
turned on, but also weird about this. I don't know what to do. Um, also, Carmilla won't tell Laura anything about herself or her past, which her mom did say, like, bitch isn't going to say anything about mm-hmm. that, and she isn't. And every time Laura's like, um, tell me something about you, she's like, you look so cute today. Your face is so pretty. And that works every time because Laura is a baby who's never had a friend, let alone a big lesbian crush in the fucking 1800s. It's truly the gayest shit ever, but it's also very vampire shit. Like, mm-hmm. Carmilla at one point says, you are mine, you shall be mine, you and I are one forever. And then she, like, makes a big deal about it. <laughs> and Laura says, are we related? What can you mean by all this? I remind you of someone you love. You must not. Uh, I don't I don't know you. Yeah, and no, those are all red flags, yeah, girly. Yeah. Run! Uh, so yeah, she's uh, secret about a bunch of things. She also never joins in the prayers, which, like, strong same. She sleeps most of the day, which a lot of the same. And she seems to sleepwalk outside at night, which I don't do, so... That said, check out the press gaze. You never know if they're a vampire. Fucking also have to handle you sleepwalking. (laughs) No, that would be a nightmare for every single person in the entire fucking world. But yeah. Meanwhile, um, in all of the nearby towns, there are a lot of like random young women and girls who are, yeah, young women who are dying of an unknown malady. Um, There's a funeral procession that uh, of a victim that passes by Laura and Carmilla when they're hanging out. Laura joins in the funeral hymn and Carmilla is like fucking mad about it and is like that hurts my fucking ears. Don't do that. Also at one point there's a traveling hunchback. Not great guys but you know it's the 1870s. And he's like your noble friend has like super pointy teeth. That's weird. And then, and then Carmilla's like you're shitty but I'm going to buy two anti-vampire charms from you, and I'm going to give one to Laura. And I'm like, bitch, bitch, bitch. Mm, it's a move. Here for it. Also, that said, there's a lot of things that Laura, uh, that Carmilla is like, here's basically my past, but you aren't picking up on it because you're not very smart. They talk about being ill and uh, calling for doctors, and Carmilla is like, doctors were never any good for me. Laura's like, were you ill? And she's like, more ill than you ever were. And that it was long ago and that she suffered from this very illness that's going around. She, uh, but I forget all my pain and weakness as they were not so bad as suffered in other diseases. And it's like, girl, you got to get out of here. This stuff is happening. I know you're being kind of romance, but stuff. Um, also, so they get a shipment of heirloom, heirloom paintings that have been, like, fixed up. And there's this uh, picture of a woman from 1698, Mircalla, the Countess of Konstein. And uh, it looks exactly like Carmilla down to the oh, fucking roll on her neck. Not and weird. Carmilla's like, I might be descended of them. And everybody's like, didn't their family die out? Like, centuries ago. Doesn't mean there wasn't a bastard child somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, Laura, the useless lesbian, hangs it up in her room. <laughs> of course she does. <laughs> the poorest dumb baby. And then every now and then, like, Carmilla seems ill, but then she gets better. And Laura's like, I'm worried about you. And she's like, I'll never have anything wrong with me but a little weakness. Yikes on bikes. 
Oh, God. Also, so Laura has some nightmares during Carmilla's day of a giant cat-like beast entering her room and biting her um, on her boob, you know, on her boob in a gay way now. So you can say boob because they're 18. Because <laughs> they are adults. Because <laughs> they're 18. Well, one of them is way older than <laughs> One of them is, uh, is One of them know, is question mark. 318. Yeah. But I'm going to do the math because math. But yeah, and then the beast takes on like a female figure, and she's like, is it Carmilla? And then disappears through her locked door, like just goes through it. And then after this nightmare, Lori's health starts to decline. She starts to just be like tired all the time, and she just can't really get any energy. And one night she has a nightmare of Carnilla, Carmilla <laughs> at the end of her bed, just like stained in blood. And they run to her room because she's like, I'm worried about her. Oh no. <laughs> and they can't find her. And then like randomly, she's like, I just, I guess I slept walked or was picked up and put in this other random room. Okay. Sure. So yeah. Uh, Laura's father, finally, Laura's useless father has a doctor examine her and he finds a blue spot that's basically like a big bruise where the bite mark was in her dream and is like, hey pops, maybe she should never be unattended because this is gonna be an issue and we should do stuff about this. So, uh, keep somebody at that. And then they head off to the ruined village of Karnstein. Sign, whatever. I'm not a hundred percent sure why they do this. It says that they have a picnic. Question mark. Uh, it doesn't matter. They leave behind a message for make some more gay to shit be happen. like, let somebody let Carmilla know about this because they're, we're heading off to this picnic. Uh, this father daughter picnic. Oh, it's in a this father daughter picnic. Weird random place for no reason. Okay, and um. Uh, Tell Car- Carmilla to follow us, but we know she sleeps in late every day, so uh, she'll just follow when she's actually awake. Can you imagine those days where you just, like, legit didn't have any responsibilities? No. <laughs> no. Not not at all. They meet up with our uh, good friend, General Spears- Spielsdorf, and he's like, um, so at a costume ball, uh, my niece Bertha met this a uh, beautiful young woman named Milarka, which is a an anagram for Carmilla, which also, what the fuck was the other earlier one? What was the other name? Uh, Mircala. It's just Carmilla. They're all Carmilla, mm-hmm. just spelled different. It's fine. She's a little tacky. I do not mind that. But yeah, she's got a weird mom, just like our good girl Carmilla. Uh, and Bertha is immediately like into her, and then she, the mom is like, um, she really needs to stay with somebody, so she stays with them. Bertha falls mysteriously ill, suffering the same symptoms as Laura and all of these other fucking people. So after consulting with a specially ordered priestly doctor, the general uh, realized that Bertha was being visited by a vampire, specifically a lesbian vampire. The worst kind. The best kind. Oh, no, yes. <laughs> like, that's the only one I want visiting me. I don't know. That's not true. <laughs> that's absolutely not true. <laughs> I mean, what a lie. <laughs> if I'm queer for queer, I'm attracted to most women. Mm-hmm. So General Spielsdorf uh, 
He hides with a sword and waited until uh, this large black creature of an undefined shape crawls into his niece's bed and was going to, like, chomp her and then leapt out of the fucking hiding place to attack the creature, which had then taken the form of Milarka. She was like, peace, this did nothing to me. And uh, left unharmed through the locked door. What did he do to attack her? He hit her with a sword. Oh, yeah, that's not He chopped her with a sword, but he didn't hit any of the parts that might matter. No. This he ain't. did not take off her head this or ain't stab it, buddy. her in the heart. Yeah. And then uh, Bertha died the morning after, which, bummer. Sorry, Bertha. Yeah, so they arrive at Karnstein. Karnstein. I know I've pronounced this differently every single <laughs> like time. Karnstein Bears. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And the general asks a random, like, woodman where he can find the tomb of Mirkala Karnstein. And the <laughs> and the, the woodman says the tomb was relocated a long time ago by a hero, uh, Moravian no- nobleman. Um, I don't know Moravian? what Moravian. It's a place. But question mark where it is. Uh, who, this is dude, it a real place? But also, this dude vanquished vampires back in that haunted the region, uh, which was still troubled by revenants. Which you know, this dude is a creepy old man. He's like, turn back now. I'm like, I know. <laughs> uh, I fucking know. But yeah, so the general and Laura are alone in the ruined chapel for some reason. I'm not sure why. The dad isn't there because he's useless, I assume. And Carmilla fucking appears and they immediately... Wait, who's him. there? General and Laura. Okay. No dad. I don't know. So where Bertha's... Bertha's... Bertha's strongly dead. No, so the general is Bertha's... Bertha's uncle. Okay, I was like someone related. The general is Bertha's uncle, but basically her dad. Okay. Yeah, somebody who took her and, on as like a kid. And, and dad's confused somewhere. Yeah, and dad is like... You know, he's upstairs in the chapel, like, oh, what a cool organ. I like these bells. It's he's like, just trying to summon the piano man. I'm like, the can, phantom, can the you phantom do pianist. Walking useful. useful. But yeah, so uh, Carmilla shows up and is like, bitch, I was showing up for my girlfriend, but I guess my ex girlfriend's dad is here. Uh, so they immediately recognize each other, the general and Carmilla, and both go in for the kill. And he attacks her with an axe, and she disarms him like a little bitch, Mm -hmm. and then disappears. And then the general's like, obviously all of these people that we've been talking about are the same fucking person, and they've been alive for a while. Vampires. Blah, blah, blah. This party is basically joined by Baron Vordenberg, who is the descendant of the hero who rid the area of vampires long ago, uh, and also an authority on vampires. And he's like, um, his name didn't make it through history. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. But yeah, so he's like, um, want to hear a weird thing? Uh, my ancestor, who was like, vampires are the worst and I am a vampire killer was romantically involved with Countess Karnstein before she died. So I guess she is a bi queen instead of a lesbian queen, unless she was just using him, which is a hundred thousand percent fair. But he's like, I know where her tomb is. They go to her tomb. I mean, she's a vampire. She's probably bi. Yeah. You're around that long. Exactly. 
So they go to her tomb. She's in a leaden coffin, immersed in blood. And then I was like, is that right? So I went and I read the very end of this fucking story. And she, <laughs> they specify that she's immersed in seven inches of blood. She's just sitting there and like, specifically, we brought a ruler <laughs> so that we would know. I just wanted seven check. inches. It ends up being. We um, also checked while she was just sitting there, like waiting for us to kill her because uh, we show up and she's like fine, and her eyes are open. She's forty-eight gallons of blood. <laughs> it's a question mark. And why is she just lying in it? Why is she? First of all, how did she get it there? Did she suck it and then like spit it? I was gonna say it's true. When I feel like she wouldn't waste blood like no. that. She'd be like, this is my food source. This ain't some bad I'm not shit. fucking, like, rolling around in spaghetti yeah. sauce. And I do have some, like, feelings about Laura because she's the only one I'm doing anything to romance. I'm just eating all these other fucking mm-hmm. bitches. So she's sitting there, seven inches of blood, looking pretty lively for a corpse, uh, breathing. Like, a little bit. They drive a stake through her heart. And she shrieks the fuck out, and then they cut her head off, and then they take Wait, why didn't she wake up? Oh, so I think, basically, they open the tomb, they don't measure the blood, but somehow they know it's seven inches. They just open it and kill her immediately. So. But she doesn't wake up? I don't I feel know like she would know like they were coming. Daytime. They didn't specify anything but the seven inches. Like, okay. <laughs> they really wanted you to know seven inches of blood. So, anything else? Yeah. And it's only matter. seven inches when she's in there. I assume it's less inches when she's out. I mean, it's true. Yeah. It definitely goes it's down like three shit. inches. Exactly. So, yeah. They murder her. Uh, they drive a stake through her heart, cut off her head, and then they take the body and the head and they burn it into ashes and then they throw that fucking shit into a river. Okay, guess what? It's a little overkill. overkill. That's like stabbing someone like 800 times mm-hmm. or 108 times. Like, when why you're, is my and you're, this is a so crime, sore this, the next day? This is a crime of passion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after they get rid of the body, uh, Laura's father takes his daughter on a year-long tour through Italy to regain her health and recover from the trauma, which she never fully does. Because therapy wasn't mm-hmm. a thing at that time. Yeah. So the last, like, her last paragraph is, the following spring, my father took me on a tour through Italy. We remained away for more than a year. It was long before the terror of the recent events subsided. And to this hour, the image of Carmilla returns to memory with ambiguous alterations. Sometimes the playful, languid, beautiful girl. Sometimes the writhing fiend I saw in the ruined church. And often from a reverie I have started fancying I heard the light step of Carmilla at the drawing room door. So they're like, trauma. And I'm like, trauma. But also, girl still has feelings for somebody who tried to eat her. This is what happens when you only have one lesbian. But also, sometimes just let them eat you. It's not the worst. Like I said, the only answer to Dick Grayson is yes, daddy, please. To be fair, I feel (laughs) there's like, so they do a really good job humanizing they, I say they, it's Lefany, does a really good job humanizing Carmilla uh, and making her really seem like less of a monster and more like a person who, yeah, has to eat people yeah. to live, but does like, like she has feelings about her death. She has feelings like she has. Now what? Some Sorry. Very, like mournful feelings about going through, like talking about doctors and that sort mm-hmm. of shit. And, Feelings for Laura. What is the 
mom. Who's the mom? What is her deal? So Do they ever get into that? They don't ever specify. Okay. I think that she's probably just somebody who's like basically like a thrall, like like her Renfield, somebody who she's got under her yeah. thumb because she's a vampire. Yeah, she's okay. got vampire powers. Although Carmilla is one of the lesser known um, like vampire stories out there, it is considered a one of the masterworks of the genre and be incredibly influenced Dracula. They posthumously. Uh, published a short story, Dracula's Guest, which was basically, like, the first chapter that, um... For Bram Stoker? Yeah. Okay. Was written, um, for Dracula, but, like, they ended up deleting it and changing it out. But, uh, things that they have in common, uh, there's an Englishman who finds himself in Germany midway through his journey, uh, on the way to fucking Dracula, stumbles upon a tomb of a female vampire... It's somebody who basically, like, died around the same time and from Styria, that sort of shit. Both stories are told in the first person, which I totally forgot Dracula is told. Uh, oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. It expands, Dracula expands upon the first person by making, making it, like, journal entries, which mm-hmm. makes it... Like, makes it easy. Journal entries make it easier to yeah. read. Journal entries make it easier to read. And it's because I feel like you're... One person. Yes. I feel like when it's journal entries, like... It puts You're, your mind into yeah. the fact that you know it's going to be like a first person, yeah. as opposed to if you just open a book and it's first person mm-hmm. and you're like, oh. Well, I feel like one of them is like, it's almost like you're the main character. Yeah. And the other one is like, you're reading, reading something. Reading something. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I do feel like once you get into this, you feel like you're reading Carmilla's, like, like her talking to the doctor mm-hmm. and talking about, like, all of the different things. I struggle with first person. Yeah, it is. Hard. Well, you have to be a really good writer to write first person too. Um, yeah. But even then, I don't. I struggle. It's, it's definitely it, like it's not my least favorite because there are so many terrible po- POVs and second well, person yeah. is horrible. You do this, I'm like, I don't. Don't tell me what I'm doing. Yeah, no, I definitely, definitely don't think I've ever read anything like that because I don't think I could. I wrote some in like creative writing because I had to write some weird shit, and that's fine. Yeah, whatever, not a big deal. Uh, so the descriptions of the title character, so Carmilla, okay, and Lucy and Dracula are in okay. They're very similar, so they're kind of seducers, but they're also rosy-cheeked and slender and languid, with large eyes, full lips, and soft voices, and they both fucking sleepwalk. Uh, and then Stoker's aunt, uh, Van Helsing is basically a direct uh, parallel to Baron Gordonberg, which obviously didn't stick around because of his shitty name. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. In addition to being, like, hugely influential to just uh, fucking Dracula, it is ridiculously influential to the genre and all the tropes. So back then you had, mo- like... Old world folklore. First of all, you had people who actually believed in vampires at the time. Well, yes. Yeah. And secondly, uh, they were much more monstrous and less romanticized than the uh, vampires that we see in popular culture. And, like, at the time, it was much bigger. And there were very few vampire stories that were written at all, let alone available in the English language. Because... It was like a legit fear back then. Yeah. Now we we know better. Now we're like mm. now we're like oh tuberculosis. Fuck like, them. Uh-huh. <laughs> we went in two different directions. <laughs> we did <laughs> both both no, accurate no. directions. <laughs> 
this is also, in 1872, they don't condemn the fact that it's queer. Like, yeah, it that's like, a modern thing. It's the, like, well, it was, like, really, really, yeah. it was older, and then it went away, and then it came back. But even then, like, at that time, most things would have been, like, this is part of the reason why she's, like, evil. And this is, like, she's mostly a person, and we don't, like, the fact that she's only preying on women isn't the bad thing. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that she's preying on anybody. Yeah. And also just being like, vampires are queer. You know, that is a but first let's talk nerdy staple. Mm-hmm. If you are an immortal, you're queer. Mm-hmm. You are That's queer. just the rules. You are um, queer. But yeah, you've also got the human doomed love story where there's a lot of red flags, but there's also romantic interest there. And trying to be like romantic with the thing you eat, but also going around and just eating the rest of your people. And humanizing your vampire, like, so Dracula is evil through the whole thing. Like, mm-hmm. all of his things are done for bad reasons. Mm-hmm. Like, the things that uh, Carmilla does, like, at the end are, you know, when she turns into, like, full vampire mode, are presented as evil, but it's never, like, she's a bad person. She's, like, everything about her is bad. She's humanized and that sort of thing paved the way for, like, Lestat or Angel, any hu- uh, any humanized yeah, vampire, yeah, who like longed for some sort of an aspect of their mm-hmm. life. So maybe more Lewis instead of Lestat. Yeah, he's like, "Fuck that life, bitch! I'm yeah. gonna be immortal. Yeah. I'm gonna be a rock." Definitely star. more Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then or in even any of other than Lestat, yeah. all the other vampire, the two girls, mm-hmm. um, Armand. In- you've got uh, Claudia. Yep. And Claudia. what's 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 the what's the older female's name in Pandora? You've got so you've got Pandora. You've also got Lestat. I'm trying to remember the actual movie and we also should, the yeah. first one. We should watch that. Movie I would love again. to, yeah. and then I would love to watch Queen of the Damned. Yeah, and watch, I've actually never seen Queen of the Damned. So we should watch Queen of the Damned because Stuart Townsend is hot as shit. And then if we watch Queen of the Damned, we should watch League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, where he is Dorian Gray, and then Mina Harker is the hot-ass fucking vampire. Um, which are similarly bad, but also good. <laughs> I love that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so uh, pave the way for all of that. And then you get the direct line between like di- desire and threat, where you're like, I'm a little scared, but I'm also horny. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have the rep- uh, you've got the representation of lost innocence through sexuality, and all of these are fucking vampire staples. And the hobby goddamn vampire, mm-hmm. the, always, yeah. If imagine the sad straight vampire life we might be living if Carmilla and Laura didn't come around. It would have been the full ass worse. And uh, so one of the other really interesting things, especially since we've been talking about consumption so much, is Carmilla reflects an era where vampirism was very much defined by illness. So uh, they talk about illness a lot in this. Uh, Carmilla is basically like a plague carrier with her vampire thing. But also she is pretending to be sick as a vampire who is not a person who gets sick. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, she's kind of lying. Yes, she's lying, but also she's kind of reliving her, like, whole tragic death in her, like, pretending to be sick and dealing with all of that. 
Yeah, it's that scene where she's like, I was sick for a long time, and it was long ago, and I don't believe in doctors because they really didn't do anything for us. And there's some part of her as a vampire who is nostalgic for her life before, rather than being like, here to eat people, bitches! I'm doing this for me. It's fine. And then they talk a lot about destiny, which I know is some dumb-ass bullshit. But it happens a lot in vampire shit. Or literature in general. <laughs> literature in general. And, like, like Carmilla says to, to Laura, you are mine, you shall be mine, you and I are one forever. And this is, like, it should be interpreted as threatening, but, like, and it's definitely unhealthy and possessive, but both Laura and Carmilla at the time are reading it as romantic. Are they red both? Flag, red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag! Yeah, and they they treat her as a monster, but she's a full fleshed out character, which is pretty baller. Whereas Dracula, like as soon as he and Harper meet, every single thing he does is manipulative and shitty. And as soon as like Lucy succumbs to uh, Lucy Westerna in Dracula, become uh, succumbs to illness and becomes a vampire, she is basically a monster and a thing. She's mm-hmm. not like a person anymore, and. Carmilla is constantly like, like they talk about her emotion. They talk about the things that she. And that's. Feels. I feel like that's the very two different yeah. sides of vampires. You're gonna have this emotionalist mm-hmm. devil, and then you're you gonna were, have the ones that. Yeah. You were human. Yeah. And some of you will hold on to that like mm-hmm. it is your lifeline. Yeah. And other ones of you will be like, no, no, I'm gonna embrace this. Let's yeah. go. Because I'd be like, I'm can literally eat the rich now. <laughs> You make a very good point. <laughs> yeah. Also, I forgot to name my source, but I'm going to name it after I quote a bunch of this shit. Okay. Here. When I was talking about uh, lesbian subtext, uh, this person was like, I take issue with that terminology for one reason and one reason only. Because it's not subtext. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's just text. If the genuine non-platonic love between Carmilla and Laura is subtextual, then Carmilla has no plot. There's, it's not the subtext of the story, it is the story. And it's as overt as gothic literature in the 1870s could possibly be. It, like, I read you a bunch of fucking excerpts. It's gay as yep. shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, Laura remarks about Carmela's beauty all the time and is never like, I wish I looked like that. She's clearly like, bitch is gorgeous and I don't know what to do, clearly. And then uh, it's made explicitly clear when Laura asks Carmilla if she has ever been in love and Carmilla answers her I have been in love with no one and never shall unless it should be you and that's like the fucking heart of the story is it a healthy relationship no or were there any healthy relationships in the 1870s I don't think so probably a few but very few exactly as far as, like, for a man in the 1870s, Buffanu was so far ahead of his shit because he didn't condemn women for loving women. Like, that wasn't the problem. It was like, one of these bitches is a vampire and she's trying to eat her girlfriend and that might be an issue in this specific context of eating. I was going to say, this kind of <laughs> literal eating. <laughs> literal yeah. eating. Yeah. A 
obviously, as you mentioned, Carmilla from fucking Castlevania. Carmilla is like, A, it's been adapted into every single mm-hmm. fucking media type many, many times over. And B, relatively successfully in a lot of them. Also, there's apparently a really cute web series where they're in like college together, and I am definitely going to watch it after this. I'm incredibly hyped for it. It looks way cute. So, lesbian vampires, yay! Yay! Writing all of the like ideas for how vampires are good and interesting, yay! Yay! So, I guess that's that. Yeah. Uh, I was like, I could list these, and then it was like, here's like. Probably 50 different adaptations. I was like, nope. <laughs> Did you say your sources? Oh, so you're right. My source. Uh, so I read most of Carmilla by Le Fanu. I found it online for free um, because that's the type of person I am. Mm-hmm. There is a Vampedia okay, yes. that I used, mm-hmm. which was really fun. And then there was uh, an article that I read by Nat Bremer, and it was uh, entitled... You and I are one forever. Why Carmilla remains one of the most important vampire stories ever told. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they were like, vampires are queer and we're here for it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you're right. Accurate. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so that's that. That's that. All right, everyone. Spoopy episode one. We're starting it out. Starting it out. Let's see how many we get out. Yeah. Because uh, we're not very fast moving (laughs) nowadays. Look. We're trying. I'm fucking busy. There's a lot of shit going on. <laughs> All right. So, everyone, um, you can uh, find us on Apple Podcasts, where you can rate, review, and subscribe. You can also find us on Spotify. Uh, we're also on Podbean and the ESO Network. And um, I guess we'll see you some Tuesday. Yeah. It will be an occasional Tuesday. We will see you Tuesday. Mm-hmm. has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.